when you do your door knock introduction and you code to that home and you knock, how many seconds or how long is it taking that homeowner to prejudge you? It takes five seconds. So what are you doing initially to start breaking down those homeowners walls? Dream big. And when you guys think you're dreaming big, dream bigger. I promise you guys, sky's the limits of what's possible. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Plumbing and HVAC Hustle Podcast. And we have a podception situation with Jason Walker of HVAC Masters of Hustle, Masters of Hustle, the Hustleception. Um, how you doing, Jason? I'm good, Tim. I'm good, man. First off, thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be on your podcast, and uh, I'm excited to be delivering some high content to all your listeners out there. Absolutely. Jason, can you give my audience, uh, might be some cross-section with yours, but a little bit of background of where you came from, what what's happening what's going on now yeah a quick rundown you know uh oh, 15 years ago i was a police officer i was laid off from the budget cut and that's what introduced me to this crazy trade that we call hvac and when i started in the trade i started off as your warehouse shop cleaner making 12 bucks an hour and maybe 14 bucks an hour and I was there at five o'clock in the morning, installed trucks were all lined up. I was the gopher. I was the grunt cleaning out the trucks, sweeping them out. And then all of a sudden I was able to build their indoor air quality at that company where I was starting to do one or two a week where I grew that six months later where I'm doing one or two a day and we're scheduled out three weeks. So I really knew after being laid off from being law enforcement that there was a lot of growth, there was a lot of opportunity at this company. So I wanted to learn some more of the trade. So I jumped into install, started as an install helper, worked my way to a lead, really wanted to understand how these things were put together, how they communicated. And then from there, uh, you know, I had the opportunity and I got promoted to a parts manager. Well, Tim, this is what I talk about as a parts manager. I was making 55,000 salary, okay? In the state of California, it is very, very hard to live off 55,000. This is about 10 years ago. And so I call these defining moments in my life, and this is one of those defining moments because when I had that job position, I was laid off, or I wasn't laid off, sorry. My truck was repoed not just once, but twice. The second time it got repoed, it got repoed in my uh, my work parking lot. So now imagine the front office lady coming up and saying, hey, Jason, uh, I, I think your truck's getting hooked up. Like, go take care of it, right? So now you got all your baggage, everything that's coming to work, and now they're, you know, unfolding your laundry per se. And now all of a sudden, I had to, you know, I'm about to get married. I feel like I'm failing my potential wife, my future wife. Uh, you know, I felt like, you know, I was behind on all my bills. I felt like I was suffocating just like a lot of your listeners probably. And so I made that defining moment that week that I needed to, to make a change and I needed to make a change quick. So I went to the owner and he let go a comfort advisor, which in the HVAC trade, that's a sales professional. And, you know, I said, give me the opportunity. You know, you watch comfort advisors walking around and you know, they, they come in at 10 o'clock and, you know, my mindset at that time was, man, they get to pick their own hours. They don't work that hard, but man, they make a lot of money. And so I sat down with the owner and he said, no, 
and I was I wasn't shocked because I didn't know anything about sales but then two weeks went by he sat me down in his office and said hey we're gonna go ahead and uh, send you home and I'm thinking I'm getting laid off I think I get into trouble for some reason and he says no we're gonna send you to airtime 500 you're gonna jump on a plane tomorrow Friday you're gonna do the training through the weekend and you're gonna come back and be a comfort advisor so now I fly to St. Louis airtime 500. I'm in a, the jury in hotel in front of a hundred plus people. I have my sales manager with me because they said the only way that you're coming back to be a comfort advisor, Tim, is if you end up role playing and being the first one to role play every time they offer it. Hmm. And so every time they offered role play, I'd see my sales manager lift your hand up. Right. So I was being uncomfortable and I'm an introvert. Okay. So me being on stage in front of, you know, a thousand people speaking or me putting on events, that's outside my comfort level. But what I want your listeners to understand is that when you could succeed outside your comfort zone, right. And you could get uncomfortable sky's the limits of what you could do when you're comfortable. So what I'm always doing while I'm doing these on-sites is always making sure that people get uncomfortable while I'm there, but get comfortable being uncomfortable. So now continuing that journey real quick, Tim, uh, I came back now and that company for 35 years have never had a $2 million comfort advisor. And this was 10 years ago. So imagine 10 years ago, 2 million was like, oh my goodness. Like those numbers weren't really heard of. Okay. Those were rock star numbers. And so my first eight months was the full calendar year. And I ended up doing uh 2.2 million my first eight months, I doubled my income. I made 120,000. So now I'm not stressed. I'm not strapped. Okay. So in your life, you have these defining moments, you know? And so, uh, even though I made 120,000 off of it, a lot of you are listening right now and going, man, if you sold 2.2 million, why didn't you make 200,000? Well, that's because as a sales professional, I was like a lot of you, you might be selling the way that you purchase things. And so my first year as a comfort advisor, what I was doing is I was selling with my own, uh, my own wallet, right? My own mm. beliefs. And it was holding me back. And so I was offering everything five years, 0%. I was leading with that instead of using it for ammunition and not understanding that, hey, if you start at 10%, you give this stuff away. Now you're averaging four or 5%. So I went to this training event and I sat down with another comfort advisor and he did 2 million, but he made 200,000 off of it. Hmm. And so what I learned from him was you could work smarter, not harder. So when you do these things and you offer, you know, the, the, uh, 9.9% for 12 years, and you offer that first before that 0%, people will buy that. Even though you might not be a believer in it, don't put that roadmap or that blockage in front of you or that hurdle or obstacle. Okay. Understand that you present your options and continue to move forward. So once I was able to really understand that, I've done well over four million. Uh, my last year as a comfort advisor was five years ago before I took this leap of faith of being a national trainer. And my last year, I did well over four million. I had an average per, uh, closing percentage. Tech turnovers were seventy-two percent. Marketed calls were sixty-seven percent, with an average ticket of nineteen thousand. Hmm. So that's what came, Tim, of now me being a national trainer is people would hear these numbers. And so five years ago, I said, how do I reach more people 
instead of just going to these training events every quarter or every couple months. And so I started the podcast HVAC Masters of the Hustle five years ago. And I, when I started the podcast, I made sure that I made a promise to myself that I was going to be consistent with it because there wasn't many podcasts uh, in the space of HVAC or in the trades at that time. But the podcast that they did have, what I noticed was that they weren't consistent. They would do a podcast uh, for maybe four weeks straight and then fall off for a month mm -hmm. and then drop another two podcasts and then fall off for a month. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do is be consistent. So if you check my podcast for the last five years, I'm very proud because I have not missed one episode in five years. They drop every single Monday. And that's something that I hold true to, to all my listeners that are out there, which we have 20,000 listeners every single week that listen to the podcast continuously. And I call them Spartans. Yeah. And so I believe that we all have a Spartan inside of us and it's my job, my duty, and my obligation to bring that beast out. Well, we've got an average of 200. <laughs> I'm mostly on YouTube to be honest, but no, I'm, I'm so excited to talk about, um, HVAC sales process, your HVAC sales process. And yes. you've got a whole system, but we're going to talk about the, having a sales process, first of all. Um, yes. How many um, HVAC companies do you talk to that don't actually even really have a process? You know, I would probably say percentage-wise, I would probably say 85% of people don't have a process. Mm. They go in there and they shoot from the hip. And it's the 15% that do go in and they do have process. And those are the companies that hold their team accountable. And those are the companies that you see that are winning out there. And I just want to challenge the audience. Like, let's say you take some of what Jason's talking about and some of you are going to hire him and that's great. And some of you just need to have a process. Like, so here, here's my challenge is write one down, create something, make a visual for it, get a name. Get something solid that you follow every single time. And I think even if you just um, get one of those, it's a good starting place, getting, yeah. getting a sales process. So um, Jason, can you talk me through some of the, the, the key components that you believe HVAC sales processes should have or your particular HVAC sales process? Absolutely. So I make it really easy and I try to dumb it down to uh, a seven step process. So the first step is the introduction doorknock. Uh, you know, first off, let me ask your listeners, when you do your doorknock introduction and you code to that home and you knock, how many seconds or how long is it taking that homeowner to prejudge you? Okay. It takes five seconds, five mm -hmm. seconds. So what are you doing initially to start breaking down those homeowners walls? Okay. What conversations are you having to set yourself up for success in that mm -hmm. appointment? Time commitment is important, right? Ooh. Making sure that when you come down from the attic, if you deliver a time commitment, that they're going to be there because the last thing you want to do is not set yourself up for success. Right. And all of a sudden you put yourself in what we call a one legger situation. Because you know that the biggest objection that y'all over have to overcome is, oh, I got to talk to my spouse, right? Oh, well, you know what? If they're both not there, what's going to happen? You're going to get an objection and an objection. And I go through objection trainings to help you build that toolkit to overcome these. 
but you got to ask the right questions up front. You know, you got to start breaking down that homeowner's walls. You got to take control of that appointment at the beginning, because here's the other thing. If the homeowner's controlling the beginning of the appointment, and this is what I mean by that, you do your door knock and they go, hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and lift the garage up, the units back there. Go ahead and let me know when you're done. I'm going to go jump on a Zoom meeting real quick uh, and just let me know when everything's good. All right, well, who's controlling the beginning? The homeowner, right? They're telling you what's going to happen. Well, if they're controlling the beginning, let me ask you all, who's going to control the close? The homeowner, right? So this is why it's so important. Respectfully, while you're you're dropping down those walls, while you're taking control of the appointment, to also give that customer the experience of as you know, this is where we fail as technicians. I see it all the time when I do ride-alongs. Is you got to put yourself in the homeowner situation, okay? When you initially walk into that homeowner's house as a technician, it's usually your first time out there, okay? And as a technician. The first thing that I see a lot of you all do is go to the thermostat and you have the homeowner go to the thermostat and go, can you turn it on? What temperature do you like? All right, cool. It works. Right. And then all of a sudden the homeowner does their thing and you start walking around the home. You start doing your airflow analysis test. You start working on the system. And all of a sudden within the first 10, 15 minutes, now you're walking in their child's, uh, their, their son's room who's 12 years old. And then you're walking in their daughter's room who's eight years old. And then you're walking in their master bedroom to get in their master closet to get up in the attic access. And all of a sudden, what's that homeowner doing? They're looking over their shoulders, right? They're, they don't know who you are. You're in their personal space. So I'm always about building a relationship before business, okay? Mm -hmm. Also, after the introduction door knock, if you could get to a table and go over what I call a comfort survey, where do people do business? Somewhere that's comfortable at a table, right? And I am a strong believer that where you start is where you finish. So why wouldn't you start where you know that they're going to do business, right? Bring you back to the table to present your options. So when I get to the table, what we do is we go through a comfort survey. And what that's going to do for a technician. Hey, what step are we on in your, in your seven two, two. two. So two. introduction, door knock. Now we got the comfort survey. We get to the table. Okay. And so when we're in step two on a comfort survey, what this is going to do is it's going to still create that relationship with the homeowner, but now it's going to start helping you build that roadmap of what your next hour and a half, two hours, hour might look like in that appointment. Because now you're pulling out problem areas, you're building an emotion, you're building cases, and the homeowner in this process is going to be asking uh, to get solutions from you because you're attaching emotion to it. You're asking as a professional, hey, if I could provide you solutions for this today, is this something you want to be informed and educated on? Mm. So you're building a case. But then once I'm done with my comfort survey, the next thing you got to do is step three, which is a PowerPoint presentation. The PowerPoint presentation is to build you as a, as a technician, as a person, as a company, to put you on a pedestal, to make you different than everybody else. Because what's happening is a lot of people are getting the objections. I'm getting three bids, okay? Well, the thing is, is when they're getting three bids, how are they getting them? They're going on Google. 
They're typing in HVAC contractors. They're picking the 4.9, the 5s, the 4.8s, the 4.7s. Are they picking a 2.3, a 3.2? No. Okay? So in their mind, everyone's on the same playing field. And ask yourself this question right now is how often am I going in talking about what I've done in the industry, talking about my accomplishments, talking about my company, how they serve the community? What makes us different than everybody else? Mm. We don't do that often. And so as technicians, this is what's going to separate you from everybody else is by taking the time and building the relationship at the front end. And then as a comfort advisor, if you're out there on a sales call, I'm all about getting my objections up front, all in that comfort survey, because why the hell would I want to battle objections at the end when I'm done presenting pricing? All those doors, by the time that I present my solutions, all those doors should be closed. Mm. And if there is objections that do come up at the end, here's the thing, y'all. I built enough tools in my presentation, the hour, hour and a half, two hours that I've been there, that I could go back because I'm so good at asking open-ended questions that the homeowner already built cases for me. So those doors are already closed and I slammed them while we're walking down that hallway. Mm-hmm. He does is he teaches the most valuable team in your business. He'll just add nothing but profit. There's so much money left in the call center. So much money. If you're not at a 90% booking rate, showing empathy on the phone, smiling on the phone, making sure they're having a better day after they got off the phone with you, then you need to call Power Selling Pros and see Brigham. The next step after going through the PowerPoint presentation, putting yourself, your company on a pedestal, uh, is either the service tuning up of the system and going through the evaluation of the system or is doing uh, for a sales call, I would break away and I would do what we call manual J heat load calculation. And within all the seven steps that I'm going over, I want everyone and all the listeners to understand is it's all about the customer experience. So my goal and my mission is to keep that customer or that client with me the whole time. Okay, so I'm informing and educating, you know, my different findings. I'm showing them the system as I'm doing a tune up. Um, I'm showing them maybe a cracked heat exchanger, uh, a dirty blower wheel, a dirty blower motor, a capacitor that might be failing. I'm showing all these different things because the bigger the show, the bigger the what? The bigger the dough, right? I like so that. You got you to gotta make sure that you're showing them that they're involved in it because a confused mind says what? A confused no. mind says no. And there's three types of learners out there. There's audio, visual, and sensory. So in my presentation, I'm hitting all three of them to make sure that at the end, a confused mind doesn't tell me no. So then after I do my engineering, my tuning up, whatever that is, what I'm doing is I'm going back to the table where I see a lot of technicians or comfort advisors fail is after they do their tune up, they want to go back to their truck or outside to write up the options. Well, that's time away from that client. That's time away from that homeowner, right? Mm -hmm. The emotions there. So you should go back to that table. You should give them a brag book or a handwritten letter recommendations is what I like to collect to make me different than everyone else. To show that I'm not Uncle Buck in his truck, you see my taillights and never see me again. I'm the guy that makes sure that what I promised gets delivered every single time. 
So when I'm building my options, I'm giving them. What step is this on our seven step process? This, uh, this would be step four. Step four. Okay. The brag book. I like that. I like that. That's personal recommendations and personal recommendations for the, not just the company, but you as an individual. Me as an individual. Yes. Because again, the testimonials online is what gets you in the door. Now you got to separate yourself from everyone else. And it's not how my company served you. It's how me as Jason Walker sitting in front of you right now, have a brag book of testimonials Mm. handwritten or video. I do a lot of videos now, testimonials, Mm -hmm. and now they're delivering you content testimonials of how you served them, Tim, not how your company. So now it's more of that one-on-one connection. The emotion is there. Mm -hmm. So, so, as I'm building my options, I'm also showing the homeowner different things uh, that might have failed. Like I said, get putting them in their hand, letting them see and touch these things. And then going over the warranties, uh, the warranties that we go over step five, or sorry, the, the Spartan brag bag is step uh, four. Step five is going over the warranties. Okay. So when we're going over the warranties, What's important on this is a lot of times when I talk to companies, they come up with the objection or the belief that, you know what, we're the high price company. Well, you know what, with me having an average ticket of 19.5, closing at 67 and 72%, I was the high price company. And I always had to go against, you know, $10,000, $8,000, $15,000 system replacements. How do you overcome that? The way that I overcome it, it's not that you're selling 19,000 compared to their, we'll say 14,000. All you have to do is bridge the gap. You have to have value of four or $500. So what I come up with my value is I go over our in-house guarantees, not the manufacturer guarantees, not 10 years parts, 10 years labor, not heat exchanger compressor warranties. I'm talking about, uh, no lemons guarantee. So if the system fails with the two heart components, you're not just replacing the failed part, you're replacing the whole system at no cost mm-hmm. up to five to 10 years of that system being installed. Okay, uh, $500 no frustration guarantee. If the system breaks down within the first two years, if we're not out within 12 to 24 hours to get this system back operational for you, we'll bring you a $500 check. Because what happens is a lot of people don't make money off warranty, right? So they push you on the back burner and they chase new money. Mm. Well, this holds our feet to the fire. So we're not chasing new money because we don't want to give a bunch of $500 checks out, right? Mm -hmm. So this holds our feet, holds us accountable to know that we're going to serve you to the highest level possible. And as I'm going through each one of these, I'm asking the homeowner, what is this value to you? What is this worth? And they're putting a dollar figure on it. So now I go through 10 of them, right? And they just created maybe four, five, six, $10,000 of value right there. So now when I go over my options, if they go, you're the second guy out, the third guy out, hey, uh, you're three, $4,000 higher than the last guy. Well, we also offer apples to apples. So that's going to give me my estimate in my hand so I could go over it. Right. So, cause if it is apples to apples and not apples to oranges, right. We'll match price guarantee it. So now I get it. And now I can get the decipher with that homeowner or that client and let them know that it's apples to oranges and that they value these guarantees that they're not offering for three, $4,000. Now, which one do you want me to take out? 
Mm-hmm. And now I start doing my takeaways. I'm not discounting, right? I'm asking, what warranties do you want me to take out? Well, clients don't want to lose out on it, right? They mm-hmm. want it. So when you create value like that, they understand. Mm-hmm. So then you go into what I was talking about, step six, which is presenting options. Uh, when I present options, it's solutions and it's multiple solutions. And that's another thing I see a lot of technicians fail at is they only want to go with the simple solution because they don't want to either get a bad review from the homeowner, piss the homeowner off, mm. uh, have confrontation between them and the homeowner. So they only give them one option. So what I like to do and teach is I like to give multiple options. I'm there to inform and educate that homeowner so they can make the best decision for them and their family. There's no pressure on it because I want to make sure that they have all options presented because I also have the mindset as a sales professional that not only do I want to retain you as a client, right? But I want to do such a good job. You're going to tell your neighbors about it. So I got to make sure that I present multiple options to you because if I give you only one option and then maybe your neighbor wants a high-end option and they end up moving forward with it, you guys meshed and talked at the block party and all of a sudden that system sounded really good to them and you didn't present it, you look like a smuck, right? You look super like unethical. All of a sudden there's like, like Kind of just a call back to what you're talking about. You're, you're shopping with their money. Yeah, I feel pretty stupid if if I heard that from my neighbor and they had the the better, cooler system, and I'm just down here with this. I would feel like that person prejudged me and like was mm-hmm. thinking I was poor, which and it happens all the time. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what you're doing. You're kind of saying, I think somebody, I think they're poor, and I think I need to like help them out and whatever. And that is actually like like you're saying, this could be a very very bad thing. You should always offer every single option every time. Yeah, hundred percent. And then after we present solutions, after we close it, we happily involve them with whatever solution they move forward with. The final step is post-closing. You know, a lot of times I go to companies and another hiccup, right? Or a chink in the armor is, Hey, we're two weeks booked out or we're a week booked Uh out or three weeks booked out. Well, the emotion's gone. Okay two weeks booked out. And then all of a sudden life happens. Maybe you were out there on a Saturday, you happily involved them with the system replacement, but can't install it till Tuesday. Right. And then they go back to work. They went to church on Sunday. They talked to someone at church that knows somebody. And then all of a sudden Monday they went to work. that also knows somebody. And now Tuesday happens. And all of a sudden they're calling Tuesday morning to cancel the install. Well, how do you save that install? You got to post close on every single time you happily involve a homeowner on anything. And how do you post close? Simple. Whatever you do, you have a tablet, you have, you still run off paper, old school. All you have to do is have the homeowner write down three reasons why they chose you. Mm. So after any time I happily involve a homeowner, I'll turn my iPad around and I'll say, Hey, Bob and Betty. I just want to say, first off, congratulations on this beautiful new system that you guys uh, are getting installed by our company and also allowing and trusting myself and my company to do the work. But what I want to do is I want to ask you uh, a personal question. What are three reasons why you chose to do business with me today? Mm. And ask that question before you leave and write it down. Because that's the emotion that triggered them to make that purchase with you today. And what happens is 
when the emotion's gone, they forget. And if you don't tie in the emotion of why they purchase from you, when they do call and cancel, it makes that cancel a lot easier and a lot harder to say. Hmm. But when you could answer the phone, when you could bring them back to the emotion of why they purchase from you, it brings them back to that state where I've saved, you know, multiple jobs in my career, the last 10 years of selling, where I've been able to do that by creating that emotion, by asking that question. Hmm. I love that. And that's number seven. That's the last step post close. That's amazing. So this is, this is really good. How do you proliferate this out to your people? Like once you get your, let's say this is your sales process and you, you build it, you smartly uh, take Jason's advice and utilize these principles. How do you get this into everybody's brains and consistent within? How long does that take usually? Like, how do you hammer this into your people once you get it, if you're a business owner? So as a business owner, typically the way that, that the on-sites work is the initial on-site is a $30,000 investment for three days. And that's initial, just more like a meet and greet to make sure that we mesh together because HVAC masters of the hustle, we're very strategic. We just don't bring on everybody. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people that call us, but we're very limited on who we bring because we also do uh, big mentorships with companies, which is an investment of 200,000. But that's what obviously is where we want to get to, right? Is we want to get you to the point where it's not just a one on site and you get to see what the four minute mile looks like. It's the accountability. It's the biweekly every other Friday, holding your team accountable with my team, having online trainings. Uh, going out there multiple times, uh, having access to our virtual online training platform, uh, the big show. So there's all these different things that you guys could platform to to get yourself is, and hold yourself accountable. Um, with the the people that you've got in your organization, I know it's not just you training people. What are the the different types of teachers or coaches that you've got on your team that that people have access to? Absolutely. So HVAC Masters of the Hustle, we're all about the customer experience, right? And so a lot of times in the trade, uh, there's different departments, but there shouldn't be division. So we have Normie, who is our CSR office coach. And what she does is she is the quarterback from the front line. So she goes in the trenches with your call uh, team and she will show them how to book club memberships. And she does 100 per month. Hmm. And she's been awarded top uh, CSR trainer or not trainer, but CSR in the nation. So to have her part of our team is absolutely amazing, but she shows how to dispatch for profit, understanding your people's strengths and weaknesses as technicians, as comfort advisors, understanding what your daily numbers are. And as being a quarterback, you might have to shift that board in order to make sure that you solidify what your daily accomplishments need to be or your daily targets, right? So she goes in there and she really identifies that with your team. We also have Brad Hone, who's our business coach. Brad Hone, he's really good at building roadmaps, understanding what your KPI numbers are, what your overhead is, where we need to cut back, you know, talking to different manufacturers, maybe uh, uh, negotiating for you on the front end to get those pricing down as well. Uh, he's a very good person to do that. And then we also have myself that do the sales coaching as well as Philip Clemens, who is a seven and a half million dollar selling tech uh, from Mobile, Alabama, which if y'all know Mobile is a very, very small town. So to be able to have him 
who does seven and a half million, who I call is the unicorn of the industry on our team. And what he really goes over, which is different from me is he does call by call management training. So he implements call by call management and really understanding the call by call management. And then we also have David Pearson who does our install and tech training as well. And he gets in the trenches with the technicians as well as myself. And he's really good at hitting the install training as well. And Jason, from what I understand, part of the difference of what you're doing is you're out there um, in the home with people. You're training on the job and um, your people are training on the job. And then you also like you have a goal to essentially by the end of a, a time consulting with the company to have essentially made them their investment back. That's it's a pretty Correct. interesting uh, premise of what you're trying to do. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, what kind of makes me different is, you know, people hear these numbers and they're like, ah, you do that. Cause you're from California, right? Well, I've been doing this traveling training for the last five years and you could drop me in any market. It's a proven fact. I could say this uh, online with all these different followers, different people I've been out. Uh, the results are there. So on a three-day on-site, you heard what the investment is. It's a $30,000 investment. But if you set us up with three appointments per day, opportunity appointments, there's no reason why we cannot produce anywhere between seventy-five dollars and $120,000 in those three days. And that calls that a lot of times your, your guys are picking up, packing up, and they're ready to leave. And me and Philip Clemens are in the trenches saving it, showing them, hey, ask one more time, bro. You had enough ammunition. And then all of a sudden they look at us and they go, how the heck did you just do that? Mm -hmm. Right? That's the stuff that we do. It, it's yeah. walk the walk and talk the talk. And I, you know, you got to have outside perspectives in your business. And certainly if somebody is doing tactical training and coaching with your people, how valuable that can be. And Jason, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being so generous. I know that this is like stuff that you normally go over in your training, um, your your video training and your uh, yeah. training in companies. So I just want to say thank you for, for giving us a taste, giving us a taste. Sure. I'm sure people Thanks. will want more. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to being on your podcast here soon as well. So absolutely. Um, thank you for being on. What is the dot com if people want to go check you guys out and get started? Yeah. If you want to check us out, check out any of the podcast episodes, you guys want to check out the big show training. It's one ninety nine a month. It's month to month subscription based for you and your team. Uh, you could go to www.hvacmastersofthehustle.com. Again, www.hvacmastersofthehustle.com. Uh, my social media, Instagram, uh, I'll have Tim uh, post those in the link below as well. But I'm super excited. And one thing, just real quick, starting 2024, y'all, dream big. And when you guys think you're dreaming big, dream bigger. I promise you guys, sky's the limits of what's possible. Uh, you know, don't hold yourself to a... a mindset that's super small have a massive mindset and understand that anything's possible with hard work dedication and go sky's the limit y'all i believe you sir all right thank you everyone podcast is put on by hookagency.com hook agency all over social thank you for joining us bye peace